I've got some goals for you tonight, okay? If we get through this and we accomplish these goals, we're doing good. Tonight, I, I would hope that we can all learn something new. I, I want you to listen. I want you to pay attention and just ask God, and we're, we'll pray here in just a moment. God, show me something new. Teach me something tonight. Um, that's a prayer that we can pray, and, and God's Holy Spirit can, can work with God's Word and teach us, and God can help us understand. So let's learn something new. Uh, I'm going to challenge you tonight to look inside. Uh, every now and again, it's really good for some introspection. We need to examine our hearts. We need to examine where we're at, and uh, this, is, this is that type of lesson. And then uh, the third thing I'm going to challenge you to do, our goal is that um, we can understand how to walk in the Spirit. That's our topic tonight. Uh, how do I walk in the Spirit? What is walking in the Spirit? All right, let's pray together and we'll get started. Father, we come to you. And God, I thank you for just getting us to this point in the week. You know what each person in here has dealt with, each person watching at home. Uh, and, and God, I just pray that you would use tonight as a time that we can set aside and focus on you. I pray you'd help us to understand your word better in this area. Help us to uh, be able to apply it as we leave. I pray you teach us tonight. Uh, but I pray, God, that you would just reveal to us uh, the things in our hearts that need to change. But I pray, God, also that you would show us how to be a church that's not living after our own desires and our flesh, but that we can walk in the Spirit. And, Lord, this is something that confuses us sometimes, and we don't always know how. And I pray tonight you'd help us to know how to do that, and that you would empower us to be uh, successful Christians, people that are victorious and free in Christ. And I just pray for that tonight for everybody here. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, in the life of every single Christian, every one of us, there are two opposing forces. You could say that these forces are locked in a heated battle. Think of the most epic battle scene movie you could ever think of. You might be thinking... Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, you know, the, you've got the enemies, the, the opposites opposing. We're, we're all in a battle, much like that. From the minute that you were saved, the Bible says you were given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. You were dead and now you're alive. You're free in Christ. You're free to, the Bible says, serve Jesus. You're free to righteousness, right? We could now do what's right in God's sight. The Holy Spirit teaches you the scripture. He leads you to what is good and right and just. But with all of that going on, at the same time, lurking within this body of ours is a dead man. The Bible says it's our flesh. This old man of ours, the, the part of us that desires to do wrong, though he is dead with Christ, he's still present. And he's still trying to control you. And he's trying to control what's not really his to control. And we have this battle. It's an epic battle between good and evil. You have maybe seen the idea depicted as an angel on one shoulder and a little devil on the other side of your shoulder. One tries to convince you to do what's good and right. And the other says, just do what feels good. Do what you like to do. Do what you want to do. This battle... 
if you have been a believer for any length of time, you know it all too well. It's a battle you fight every day, every single hour, every single moment you fight. Sometimes it seems like you have two people living within you, right? Uh, it's, it's that inner struggle. And to be honest, it's a fight. The Bible tells us it won't end until Jesus comes or until we die and we're made perfect in heaven. The, uh, I, w- I want to read in the Bible where the Apostle Paul describes this fight. And then I want to look into where the Bible gives uh, a solution, a, a way to overcome this, a way not to live defeated, but to see some spiritual success, to see fruit appear in our life, good fruit. So I want you to turn your Bible to Romans chapter 7. I want you to see how the Apostle Paul describes this fight, this inner battle. Romans chapter 7 and verse 14. He says, For we know that the law is spiritual. He says, Following God's law, it's a spiritual work. But I am carnal, sold under sin. We don't use that word all that often. Um, the word carnal means fleshly, dealing with your body, your physical body that you have. He says, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. What he's saying with, in his very core, who he is, who we're born as. The Bible says we are born with a natural, sinful disposition. We have a natural bent towards sin, and it's part of our body. It's been passed down ever since Adam and Eve sinned. We've inherited it. It's who we are. He goes on to describe this, and I I want you to think about this, and just maybe you can identify, you can relate. He says, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. That do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good, Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. What he's saying is, I'm doing things I don't want to do. And the spiritual things that I want to do, I'm not doing. Have you ever felt that way? This is part of being a human and being a Christian it's the battle that goes on. He answers the question, why, why is this happening? He says, now it's no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. And he's making this distinction. And we see it in another passive scripture, uh, you know, that I'm crucified with Christ. I'm, I'm dead with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He's making this point that I, the, the free in Christ I, the born again I, the Holy Spirit Uh, baptized part of the family, God, I, it's not that part of me that's doing this, it's the sin that dwells in me. He says in verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. He says, I have the want to, I have the desire, but I just can't figure out how to do it. I just can't figure out how to make it happen. I just can't perform. I can't uh, measure up. I can't 
do those spiritual things. It just, just can't do it. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Verse 20 says, now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. It says, my identity is freedom in Christ, but sin is still dwelling in me. Verse 21, I find in a law that I would do good, that when I would do good, evil's present with me. You know, even, even when you're doing right, even when you're at church, even when you're with your family, even when you're with Christians, there's something in you that is pulling you to do wrong. The natural disposition bent towards sin, that fleshly old nature, is still present. Y'all recognize it's still present? It's still there. Verse 22, he says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Something in me just loves to do right. Something in me just loves to serve God. Something in me just loves when I'm honest. Something in me just loves to be kind and generous. I delight in that, he says. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He does go in and he, he talks about how Jesus is the solution. And when we accept Jesus, do you know who comes to live inside of us? That's where we're at tonight, the Holy Spirit. Paul says, how can I stop this behavior? How can I do the spiritual things and not do the carnal things, the fleshly things? This is the battle that we all face every single day. Some of us, when we got saved, we, we were excited that God said all the things you used to do could now be forgiven, wiped away, clean, g- gone, done with. But then the very next day, you, the struggle still existed. How did that happen? What is that? That's your flesh fighting against your spirit. This is the battle uh, that we face every day. This, this is that topic of walking in the spirit. So what is walking in the Spirit? Let's, let's look into a passage that gives us some insight. What does that mean? And why should I do that? Uh, let's go ahead and flip over to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 and verse 16. And you know... Uh, this is like we're reading the Apostle Paul, and he's, he speaks about these struggles in, all over the place. Sometimes it's nice just to know that uh, you're not the only one that struggles with these things, right? Sometimes we're, we're so isolated, and we're on our own. We're fi- we feel like we're fighting this battle, and we're the only one that fights this battle. Uh, every Christian fights this battle. This is, a, this is a battle that can be fought, but it's a battle that we can win and it's uh, something we need to learn. So the Bible talks about walking in the Spirit. Let's read it in, in Galatians 5 and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let me read it again. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's pretty awesome just starting off here. If you do this thing called walking in the Spirit, you won't fulfill what your flesh wants to do. 
you won't experience the consequences of what your flesh desires to do. Paul introduces a new normal way of living for believers. A, a new, uh, when we have this word walk, we see it in the Bible in other areas. It's, uh, it's a metaphor. It's an, it's an idea of describing a way to live. It's uh, you walk step after step after step. It's a journey, that journey of life. He says to walk, to live, to have this new way of living in the Spirit. Well, we talked about how we have the Spirit. The Spirit lives in us, right? The, body says, the Bible says our body is the temple of the Spirit. But there is this relationship that the Bible talks about having where on a daily, moment-by-moment basis, we walk in the Spirit. We live in the Holy Spirit. And the, the intention of this is the idea of walking in dependence upon the Holy Spirit. The fact that we depend on Him to do what it is He came to do in our lives. When you walk in this new way, the Bible said here, you will not, it says, shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's, uh, let's continue in this Galatians in verse 17. He describes this uh, battle. He says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you, ye cannot do the things that you would. He says, The old man in me, the, 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 the sinful desires in me, has, the desires are contrary to the spiritual desires in me. They're, they're opposites, these, these lusts. This word lust is the word desire. And, and they're opposite. Your flesh is constantly opposing godly desires in you. Think about it. When, when God says pray, the Spirit of God, you know, you know that the Bible says your flesh, in your flesh dwells no good thing. So your flesh doesn't, isn't the one that's telling you, hey, you should go spend some time in prayer. You should read your Bible. Uh, you should be kind. You should forgive. That's not your flesh telling you that. That's the Spirit of God in you, bringing remembrance, teaching you what the Bible says, helping you walk, helping you live. But God says pray. A lot of times we say, let me watch some more of this show. I want to sleep. You know, we have this flesh. It's just lazy, selfish, self-centered, not spiritual flesh. It doesn't want to do what God wants to do. God says speak. Go witness. Hey. Say hey to your neighbor. Take him some good old cookies and invite him to Easter or whatever. You know, we go through this. Invite him to church. Just have a conversation. And we say, ah, ugh, I want to be shy. I don't want to. I just don't want to. Well, what is it inside of you that says, I just don't want to do spiritual things? Because there's something else in you that's saying, want to, desire to. That is the flesh versus the spirit. God says, be pure. We say, no, I want to look. I want to have. God says, don't covet. We say, I want to spend. I want to get. God says, forgive. Our flesh says, no, beat them up, call them names, and make fun of their mom. Right? We feel so personally sinful, but at the same time, we have spiritual nature. We're alive in Christ. Are you all with me, or am I up here by myself? Everybody at home, are you with me? Okay, we are naturally selfish, self-centered people, but the Bible calls us to walk in the Spirit, and that is our way to not fulfill the lusts of our flesh. So it's in there, and we need to learn it. Walking in the Spirit is this. Walking in the Spirit 
is when we depend on the Holy Spirit to do what he has come to do in our lives. Walking in the Spirit is when we allow him to control us, to influence us, and produce in us and through us all that the Word of God declares that the Holy Spirit will do. Um, I want to show you a verse, and this wasn't in my notes, but uh, this is one of my favorite verses that summarizes this exactly. Um, You say, how can I do what God wants me to do? I'm not anybody special. God is the one that does the special things through your life. It's not to credit to you. It's not necessarily even to credit your skills, your abilities, your talents. It's God. It's Jesus through his Holy Spirit working through you. I want you to see in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. Just to be clear, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Let me just, let me backtrack. Now unto him that is able. Not talking about us that are able. It's talking about God. Now unto God that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. God, whatever you could, your mind and our, our little brains could dream up of what God could do through us. You know, if you can think in your mind, you know, God, maybe you could help me be kind. God, maybe you could help me be patient. God, maybe you could help me be generous. God, maybe you could help me be uh, successful at learning your word and, and being disciplined. God, maybe you could. God says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But look at the next part here. According to, or by means of, the power that worketh in us. God is going to do these things in you, not when you're depending upon your own ability to do them. The Holy Spirit is in you to give you the ability to do those things. Are you following me? The spiritual success that any person has is not to their credit. It's to the credit of the Holy Spirit working in their lives. It's, and it's our job to walk and live so close to Christ and the Holy Spirit so that He has an ability to do those things through us. We give Him the control. And, and we're going to get there to, to what I mean by control. Um. I want you to see, though, he's got this battle between the flesh and the spirit. In, in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 18, so the Bible gives this huge contrast. Walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, because the flesh is lusting against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary, so that you, ye cannot do the things that ye would. I want you to see, it's going to give some uh, evidences of what's, look, what's it look like in your life if you're walking in your flesh versus walking in the Spirit. And I do want to read these verses. The Bible says, if ye be led, verse 18, Galatians 5, 18, if ye be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, meaning when your flesh is leading you, these are the behaviors that show up in your life, manifest. You can see them. They, you know, when something is made manifest, it's, it's made clear, it's made plain. The, the works of the flesh are, are made plain in your life, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. You've got these sins that come up in your life when your 
following what you want to do. Verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, long list of sins, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, or partyings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. When you as a Christian follow your flesh, when I as a Christian follow my flesh, the works of the flesh come out. Sin comes out in our life. We have wrath. We're impatient. We have hatred. All of these things have the potential to come out in our life. And the Bible says the way to avoid those things, if you want to be on that category of shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh, the answer is walk in the Spirit. I know I haven't explained to you how, but I, I want you to see. When you walk in the Spirit, the Bible says there are some other evidences here. Look in verse 22. But the fruit or the result that comes from walking in the Spirit the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. There's a whole other list of things that comes out in your life when you walk in the Spirit. So we need to take some inventory after this message and just say, what's showing up, right? What is manifest? Because that'll answer your question, am I walking in the Spirit or am I following my flesh? We should walk in the Spirit because we want to see that promise fulfilled. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I want to be clear, um, walking in the Spirit is the path the Bible gives as a, a path to victory and spiritual fruit in our life. Uh, if we wonder, how can I solve the problem of fighting in my home? Walking in the Spirit is the answer. How can I solve the problem of uh, long-term disputes in my family. My family can't get along long distance. Uh, get-togethers are always terrible. It's walking in the Spirit. How can I overcome an addiction or a problem or a bad habit? The answer is walking in the Spirit. Uh, but I, I do want to be clear. The Bible says, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It does not mean you won't have the desires of the flesh doesn't say that. doesn't say if you walk in the Spirit, you'll never be tempted again. You'll never have a temptation. No problems for you. Uh, it, do, it, it means that you won't give in to those temptations. All right, so let's get a better understanding of how do I walk in the Spirit. Are you ready to hear it? Amen. Me too. Let's read it together, okay? How do I walk in the Spirit? There's one more passage that I want you to, I, I want to look at because it gives a little bit more understanding because maybe it's not so clear yet what it means to walk in the Spirit. Okay, I get it, but it's not as simple as just standing up and taking steps. 
Uh, these are some, this is a spiritual activity, some spiritual steps maybe we need to take. Ephesians 5, in verse 18, gives a little more understanding. Uh, the Bible says in uh, Ephesians 5.18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The Bible says don't be drunk with wine. Don't, don't let wine, alcohol, control you. It should not have a control over your life. But there's a comparison here. What, well, what should a Christian have control their life? The Spirit. The Holy Spirit. This walking in the Spirit is, is an issue of control. It's an issue of submission. It's an issue of yielding, right? The passage gives this better understanding that walking in the Spirit means allowing the Holy Spirit to control you, uh, that you are yielding your life to Him. So tonight, I want us to understand walking in the Spirit. And uh, these, uh, this explanation was taken from somebody much more spiritual than I and, uh, but it was helpful for me to understand that we're going to talk about it like regular walking. You know, when, you, when somebody learns to walk, how long does it normally take them to learn to walk? Give me some feedback. How long does it take you to learn to walk? Seven months. Seven months. Wow, that's a speedy walker. Uh, some, some of your kids were really speedy at that. Some of them are maybe 10 months, 11 months, 12 months. Maybe a little bit after, you know. Uh, but it's around that year point, maybe. They should, it's, it's pretty natural to be walking about a year. Walking in the Spirit, I want you to give yourself some space to learn and some space to grow. This isn't something you're just going to learn and it's going to be mastered today, okay? Nobody learns to walk in one day. There's uh, some, some crawling a little bit. There's some getting up and falling down. Just think if your kids, as they were learning to walk, if they fell down one time, if, if they never got back up again, and they never learned to walk. Give yourself some space, uh, and, and maybe, maybe it will take a year. Maybe it'll be a year to learn to walk in the Spirit. And just like as you walk, you know, sometimes you, you know, I remember kids would stand up and they'd take a few steps, but then they'd, they'd use the couch or something to help a little bit. And then after a while, they can go for longer distances until they can just walk as normal. It's, it's more uh, natural for them to walk, and they learn to walk. This is a spiritual walking the Bible's talking about here. So, so let's think about it, and I want to think about it in two steps. Um, step number one. Step number one is, is going to be very simple, and I'm going to explain it to you. And it's simply that of asking the Holy Spirit... To control you, to verbally, prayerfully say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm supposed to walk in the Spirit. I want you to control me. I want to fulfill the desires of, of what you have, of God's will. I want to do God's will, not my will. Fill me, Holy Spirit. But before that can take place, most often we need to start with what I call step two. And it may end up being step one, but there's really just two steps that are, you just keep going, step after step, right foot, left foot. And that's this step of confession of sin. Confession of sin. See, the question is, is it possible that 
sin in your life has stopped the Holy Spirit from working. We, we read in Ephesians that these things that God wants to do in our life, He does by the power that works in us. It's the Holy Spirit. But there's some scripture verses that kind of shine some light on, well, why, why isn't the Holy Spirit working? Why, why isn't He able? Why, why does it not, this, uh, victor, victory isn't coming like it, maybe I think it should be? In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19, the Bible has a really short verse. One, two, three, four words. It's simply this, quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. We don't use that word quench all that often. I remember it used to be used in, like, I think Gatorade commercials. We think about quenching your thirst, right? I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. Well, take a drink of water, you make the thirst go away, right? Well, the Bible has explained to us so clearly that in our, in our as, as Christians, we're spiritually alive and we've got these, these two desires. We've got the desires of our flesh and the desires of the Spirit. Well, what happens when the Spirit is telling you to pray or be kind or to respond in a gentle way instead of a wrathful way or whatever He's telling you to do or uh, you know, get your reading and the Holy Spirit's uh, telling you, yes, that's you, yes, that's me. You, you can go through the Bible and just pick any verse uh, in, in the Scripture that you're, we're to obey, and we quench Him, meaning, nah, we, we extinguish Him, right? Kind of like that quenching thirst. We make it go away. We ignore it. Just go away. I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen. The Bible says that though God is all-powerful, he does not just take control of you like a robot or a computer. Uh, he allows you, uh, he, he allowed us at salvation as he revealed to us that we were sinners and that Jesus was the Savior. He still gives us the ability to say, no, uh, we don't want to be saved. And once you're saved, you still have this ability um, to choose to follow the Holy Spirit or to choose your flesh. And the Bible says we can quench the Spirit. There's another verse that makes a lot of sense and helps us understand walking in the Spirit. Uh, it's in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, this is the passage that Pastor Tony just taught about. Talk about the power of words. Uh, if you have yet to listen or if you missed this past Sunday, uh, it's about the power of words. Or do you use your words to help or hurt? And the Bible talks about that in Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let's move on one more verse. The Bible says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. But the Bible teaches that somehow we've got this Holy Spirit living inside of us, and we have an ability to grieve Him. You know the idea of grieving. When you're grieving... You're not just sad. You're not just offended. You're hurt, right? When you're grieving, you are intensely sad. You are 
uh, majorly affected. And the Bible says that, with, and it was used in, in context of this corrupt communication, uh, go up a little further, there's just sins listed. Be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Um, it's a whole list of sins. And the Bible says that when we have sin, active behaviors, active choices to follow our flesh, we grieve the Holy Spirit and we quench the Holy Spirit. So I, I just want to pause here in this, in this section as we, we talk about this and just think a little bit. This is that look inside goal. Where in our life or where in your life have you yielded control to your flesh? Do you, have you given in to lying? Have you given in to wrath? Have you given in to corrupt communication? Maybe that's an issue uh, in, in your life. Is it, is it bitterness? Is it anger? What, what is it? Uh, in what ways have you stopped allowing the Holy Spirit to have control? In what ways have you said, nah, I'm not going to listen? You know what? I'm just going to go on with it. Um, it's, it's that point where we, um, we become the, Phar- the Pharisee, right? You look great on the outside, not good on the inside. You uh, whited, the whited sepulchers, right? And we all, we all have those times. But we just need to realize that if we want to have that promise of we shall not fulfill the lust of our flesh and we don't want those consequences showing up in our life, we don't want those things, well, we have to deal with the state that we're in. We have to realize I have quenched the Spirit and it grieves Him and I've got to confess this. Each one of us needs to make an honest review of our life. Do you see in your life the works of the flesh? And you can, you can go through that list in, Ephesians, I'm sorry, in Galatians 5. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Any of those things show up. Uh, are you rationalizing any sin? Is it pride? Is it arrogance? Bitterness? Unforgiveness? And the list continues. Uh, what is it? Sometimes we grow comfortable with uh, argue, being argumentative, fighting at, at home, um, whatever it is, and we rationalize that eh, this is just normal and this is how it is. Well, it is normal, but we, the Bible categorizes our daily living, walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit, whether it's normal, but we don't want to normalize walking in the flesh, and I think we we can tend to do that, can't we? The Bible calls us to walk in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, because that's how God is going to work through us. Uh, it comes to my mind, the Bible says, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. There's nothing about our sin that, that works out God's will and God's plan. So before we can walk in the Spirit and let Him fill and control us, we must first confess. I want you to see a verse in 1 John 1, 1 John 1 gives us a bit of understanding when it comes to the topic of confession. 1 John 1 and verse number 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, The Bible says here that there's this avenue, uh, this this relationship with Jesus. In here it's called fellowship. We want to walk in the Spirit. We want to have this daily relationship with the Spirit. And in the scripture, it interchanges walking with Jesus, walking with the Spirit, walking with God. They're all one and the same, but we know we're walking with the Holy Spirit. He's here. Jesus is in heaven. He, we're walking with Him. And the Bible says if, if we walk in the light as He's in the light, that's how we have that fellowship. And, and Jesus' blood, that, we have that cleansing, uh, that, that cleanness about us. And if we confess our sins, He's faithful when every time that we confess our sins, and we have to talk about this area of confession, uh, confessing means to say the same thing. It's, it's in a word that means agreement. When we agree with God that the behavior that we have in our life is sin, God, I'm not just uh, twisting things, I'm a liar. God, I'm not just grouchy, I am wrathful. God, I'm not just impatient. Sometimes uh, I, I am quick to anger. Like we name it what God names it. We call it what God calls it. We confess. But it, in this passage, it's not talking about confessing your sin for salvation. It's talking about having a daily relationship with God. Walking. Use that term walking. Walking in the light. Walking in the light. Walking in the light. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship fellowship, walking in the Spirit. We're not confessing for salvation. We're confessing for fellowship and relationship with our God, the Holy Spirit, the one that's working in us, God's will. You with me? Everyone tracking with me? Okay. Uh, so he, let's, let's go back to these steps again and, and uh, wrap this up. I was determined this week that I would not teach for an hour and ten minutes for your benefit. And you'll walk out saying, that was refreshing. Um, but I want you to get something from this here. So let's say we, you confess your sin, and you should, and we should. We confess our sin. Uh, there's verses, give us some advice on that. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Know my thoughts. God, see if there be any wicked way in me. If you ask God to show you your sin and make it right, well, he's going to do that, okay? Uh, and you confess that sin. You name that sin. All right. We, we trust in the fact that in God's word it said if we confess he's faithful. It means every single time he forgives us and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We get that. So we're, we're all confessed up. We're ready to go here. What's the next step of walking in the spirit? And it is that step of we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to take control. We're going we're gonna to say a prayer. We're going to make a prayer. We're going to say, God, please fill me. And you say, Pastor Chris, how do you know that that's going to work. Here's how I know that's going to work. Are you ready? 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. The Bible says, and this is the confidence. Listen, I don't always have confidence. Um, but when the Bible says you can have confidence, and it's a very clear written promise, you can have some confidence. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. That's step one. God heard me, right? God heard my prayer. 
If we ask something that is according to what he wants, the Bible says you can have a confidence he hears you. Isn't that nice to know? And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Now let's go back to this. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I'll get there, you get there, all right? Galatians chapter 5, verse verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Is it God's will for you to walk in the Spirit? Okay. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, controlled by, influenced by, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Is it God's will that you do that? Is it God's will that you would walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of your flesh? Yes, it is. Is it God's will that the fruit of the Spirit would show up in your life? Yes, it is. So if this verse says, this is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears it. And if we know that He hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. So I confess my sin. I get things right with God to restore fellowship. And I say, Holy God, Holy Spirit, fill me, control me. The Bible says God hears you, God answers you, and He fills you. He controls you. It's like a, it's like a light switch. And it's like your heart has two different positions with a light switch. You can, you can be bent and, and decidedly giving into your sin, your flesh. Or when you're, when you're walking in the Spirit, you turn that switch the other way and say, God... I'm, I'm following you. And you walk in the Spirit, and man, you, you're, you're submitted. You're following Him. He tells you, oh, be kind. Your response is sweet and so kind, you know. Because you, you know, He can do that, right? A lot of you say, I don't know if I can do that. You can't do it. The Holy Spirit does it through you. Okay, that's the whole point. You can't do it. He can do it. Rely on Him. When you ask Him to control you, depend on Him. That's what it means to walk. To walk in dependence on His strength to do it. You following me? It's not about your strength. It's about the Holy Spirit. So you're walking in dependence. You're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm trusting. You're going to help me be kind. When somebody says this to me, I'm going to respond properly. When you want me to do something, God, I'm trusting that you'll give me the strength to do it. We're depending upon the Holy Spirit. Okay, now you're, you're probably thinking the same thing I am. Well, how long does that last? What's going to happen? There's going to come a time where... Temptation comes, right? Amen. And temptation comes. And what do we do sometimes when we face temptation? We get in this Romans 7 situation. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. I find this law that even when I desire to do good, sin's present with me. So we sin. Ah, oh, stink. That's frustrating, isn't it? Uh, it's walking. You fell down. Get back up again, right? You fell down. You, you sinned. Well, what do we do when we sin? We confess. Go back to the other step. You say, Lord, I w- use my tongue unwisely. God, I sinned. Forgive me of this sin. I don't want this between us. For- forgive me of this. Help me walk in the light. Help me walk. And then... Pray again, Holy Spirit, fill me, control me. I'm going to depend on you. In that 
is the Bible prescription for walking in the Spirit. It's a continual lifestyle of confession for fellowship, not for salvation, asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, walking in the Spirit. And, and it's something you learn. You learn. And listen, this is an ever-continual battle for the rest of our life. So what does success look like? Success looks like you keep fighting the battle. You don't quit. You will give into your flesh, and it's going to be present with you. It was present with one that God used to write most of this Bible. Plant churches. See people saved. But God uses you in those times you're walking in the Spirit. They, they become more, hopefully more frequently than the times you're walking in your flesh. But it's a matter of we don't quit. The Bible talks about enduring hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We don't quit. We get back up again. We ask for forgiveness. We confess, and then we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. And if we sin again, we confess, and then we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. And we know that if we ask Him to fill us, to control us, we yield to Him. The Bible says He hears us, and we'll have what we ask for. And that is the most practical way that I can explain walking in the Spirit. So what do we do now? I want you to try it. I want you to practice that. You've got to evaluate tonight. Where, where are you having in your life? What's showing up? Is, you have the works of the flesh manifest? Do you have sinful behaviors showing up? Or do you have the fruit of the Spirit? If it's not the fruit of the Spirit, then it's time for that step of confession. It's time for that step of searching, making it right. And you know what? Uh, God will reveal to you what it is and confess it. And you can be confident that he is faithful that every single time he will restore that fellowship between you and him you can invite the holy spirit and say god i'm going to rely on you to do what only you can do in my life i'm going to walk with you i'm going to let you speak through me i'm going to let you uh, make decisions for me and you walk in the spirit and you know what you may sin again and you will but just keep getting back up keep learning to walk keep taking steps and that's what all of us are doing in here you may feel like you're the only one that is up and down, up and down. But the Christian life is, is a fight. It's a continual fight. But the good thing is we have the Holy Spirit on our side. And in the end, we win. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, all made right when we get to heaven.